Hello and good morning to you, my beloved brothers and sisters in the Lord. Of course, it's your brother, Pastor Chido Jacob, here this morning one more time to share with us today's episode of our ongoing fellowship with the world. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, don't forget where we are. We have come already to Mount Zion the city of the living God, to an innumerable company of angels, to the place of peace, of rejoicing. That means we have come to the heaven in Christ. Amen and amen. If you had followed me for a while, you will recall when I shared with you that the people listed in Hebrews chapter 11 that we called heroes of faith, they saw the revelation of the coming Messiah. Even though that Messiah had not come physically during their time, Jesus was not physically present during their time, but they lived in him at their present time. Please understand the picture. Jesus was prophesied. It was prophesied that a Messiah will come. And how do you know this? The Bible says in that place, if you read Hebrews 11 down, it said that Moses, having grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, but chose to suffer affliction with the people of Israel. Why? He said, for the sake of Christ. For the sake of Christ. Again, if you read in the Gospels, there are two brothers who, when they met Jesus, one of them ran and met the other one and said to that one, please come, I have seen the Messiah that Moses wrote about. But wait a minute. But if you read the book of Moses, the Exodus and the story, you don't see the name Jesus mentioned. Why? Because he was hidden in prophecies. And so the decision of Moses to walk away from the glory of the palace to follow the slaves was because he had a revelation of Christ. So that means that even though Christ was not physically present, that revelation controlled his life. Praise God. I don't know whether you understand what I'm explaining to you this morning, brothers and sisters. And so, all of the people that were listed as heroes of faith, that's what happened. Jesus was revealed to them, right? And even though he was not physically present, but that revelation guided their lives. They lived as if, in other words, in their present day, they lived in Christ as if he was a present reality, you and I today are in a place where Christ is no longer a promise. Christ is already a reality. Come, finish his work. And the Bible said he is seated forever and ever. Praise God forevermore. Brothers and sisters. And so now, why am I saying this? If you read the Bible in the way it has been read, there's a promise of a future heaven where there is no death, where there is no tears, where, um, you know, all tears are wiped away. Beloved brothers and sisters, I'm not here to tell you whether one day it will be a physical place or not. But what I'm telling you this morning 
is that it is possible for you and I to live in that reality today by faith whether it is future or present. I don't want to get into doctrinal issues here, but I just want to show you now by giving you an example of what people, human beings like us have done in the past. They had a revelation of Jesus, even though Jesus wasn't physically present, but they lived in his reality. And the Bible said they were able to conquer kingdoms and receive their dead back to life. There were also those who suffered affliction. There were those who were cut in half and all kinds of stuff. But the totality of it is that they lived their life in a particular way because of the revelation of the coming Messiah. We have been promised something. And I want to tell you, uh, friends, and I'm going to read this scripture now, the same scripture I've been reading in John chapter 3. Yesterday, I went out to show you something else. So today I'm going to wrap up that conversation and it will add a lot of truth, a lot of clarity to what I just shared with you now. Beloved, think about it. The Bible says we should rejoice always. The Bible talks about the fruit of the Spirit is love, peace, joy. If these things were not possible, if they were only possible when we die and go to heaven, I'm not sure the Bible would have encouraged us to live in the manifestation of that reality today. Don't forget about that. Now, I will come back to this line of thought, but let me go back again and wrap up John chapter 3. It's important we finish up that conversation that Jesus had with this man called Nicodemus. So, I've read the other one, so let me go straight to uh, verse number 6. John chapter 3, verse number 6. Jesus said to him, "For the just listen carefully, for the natural realm only gives birth to things that are natural. For the natural realm. These things Jesus uh, is saying here explains the way the world works, the way things work. He is the one who made all things. The Bible tells us that, you know, from him, all things were made. Nothing was made. So if the one who made something is explaining it to you, I think we should pay attention. And don't forget, Jesus introduced these things, these thoughts as eternal truth. He says the natural realm only gives birth. So the natural realm cannot give birth to supernatural life. Understand this. A man's natural activity cannot produce a supernatural life because that man is natural. Praise God. And then he will go back to the same subject that a man is what he is in his spirit. And I'll get back to that. Now, don't forget, that's how we got here. For the natural, the other translation just says, for whatever is born of man is man. What that man represents there is a natural. And again, don't forget, we are not reading the Bible, interpreting the literal words. We're looking at the context and the meaning. It says, for the natural them only gives birth to things that are natural. Have you noticed? That's why nothing man creates lasts forever. Okay. And, and it says, and the and, but the spiritual realm gives birth to 
supernatural life. There is no effort man can make to produce supernatural life. And that's why I say to you, beloved brothers and sisters, that the messages that encourages a man to do so that he can earn, he to perform so that he can become righteous, to do things so that he can win God's approval, all these things cannot, it can only make a man religious, but they say pray 20 hours, give your money, serve in church. If you do all these things, you enter eternal life. Or God, a man cannot, natural effort cannot produce supernatural life. It can only be given by the Spirit. And this is why Jesus said to Nicodemus, you must be born again by, for you to be born again, it has to be by water and the spirit. The water, of course, I've explained to you means the word of God and the spirit is the source of that word, not man's idea. Don't forget, it takes the spirit of Christ to reveal the things of Christ. And those who don't have his spirit today, they fight and they quarrel when we begin to bring out the revelational truth of what Christ has done. Praise God. Let me shock you this morning one more time. Have you noticed that the people who saw Jesus physically that is the 12 apostles who saw him physically. Remember, they ate with him. They lived with him. They saw him preach. They saw him physically. Notice that they were still unable to have a full revelation of Christ. It took a man who did not see Jesus physically to understand fully why Jesus came. And that's the brother Apostle Paul. What does that tell you? And that's why brother Paul will write. He said, hey, we, we know no man after the flesh. We made a mistake to think about Jesus as just a physical man. No, he is far more than that. We know him beyond his physical appearance. Praise God. Amen and amen. Think about that. They saw him, but they continued to understand him by the flesh. But somebody had a spiritual eyes open to be able to see exactly what Christ did on the cross. Praise God. And so don't forget, natural effort, uncle, does not produce supernatural life. Only the spirit can give supernatural life. Let me say it again. Natural effort, man's natural ability cannot produce supernatural life. You cannot earn supernatural life. You cannot give offering to give, to give supernatural life. No, it's only imparted because whatever is born of man is man. The older translation says whatever is born of the spirit is spirit. Now, don't forget that is why that answers the question. How people can be extremely so religious. They talk in tongues. They call Jesus all the time. They sleep in church. They sweep the church. But their heart is very wicked. Because activities does not produce supernatural life. It's imparted by the revelation given by the Spirit. Praise God. Now, Jesus went on. And this is what I want to show you this morning. He said, Jesus went on here to say, You shouldn't be amazed by my statement. You all, you all must be born from above, he says again. For the spirit wind blows at as it chooses. You can hear its sound, 
but you don't know where it came from or where it is going. So it is the same with those who are spirit born. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. You know, there is so much in this statement that, um, you know, that, uh, we need to look at carefully, but let me just do do this this morning. Let me just let let me just read the footnote on this statement. The word for blow can also be translated breath, breath, like to breathe, right? The word for sound can be translated voice, and the same word for spirit can also mean mean wind. If our new birth is so mysterious. How much more will be the always the will be the ways of living each moment by the movement of the Holy Spirit? One can understand how confused Nicodemus was, for he took everything at face value. At face value, that is the problem in the church. Scriptures are interpreted at face value. When they see Jesus heal a blind man, they focus on trying to get a blind man healed. They don't know Jesus was using that to communicate a message. I have come to open blind eyes. Today, there are many blind people everywhere, full in the church, full in religious activities. It is only his message that gives them sight. Praise God. Amen and amen. He took everything as faith value and couldn't see the deeper meaning. So Nicodemus replied, I don't understand. What do you mean? How does this happen? What do you mean? He started to ask Jesus, how, how do you mean? How does this happen? Jesus answered Nicodemus, aren't you the respected teacher in Israel? You know, that is the same thing today. When, when the people who have so much title and stuff. Here, the simplicity of the gospel, it shocks them. The difference with this man, at least he was able to ask questions. Our own side, because of pride, because of arrogance, because of because we are suffering with self low self-esteem, a man will hear you say the truth that he doesn't know. Instead of him to accept it, he will tell you, I've been in the ministry for you long before you were born. It will tell you, uh, you know, all kinds of stuff, all kinds of stuff. And that is why we must be consistent and persistent to continue to teach this gospel. It will also make sense why Jesus didn't, in the days of Jesus, he didn't start from the temple. He started on the street. Today is the same thing. He's not starting from the temple. He's beginning with ordinary men. And ordinary men who have nothing to lose, he pours the spirit in them, he pours the truth in them, and they begin to bring it out one after the other. Praise God. Amen and amen. Aren't you, Jesus said, you are the respected teacher in Israel. Everybody respects you. Everybody knows what you are talking about. But you have seen now, you know absolutely nothing. Jesus said, I speak eternal truth about things I know, things I have seen. And experience, hallelujah, praise God. So he's not telling fable. He said, things I know, things I have seen, and things I experienced. And still, you don't accept what I reveal. Jesus is not coming to his heart. You have heard me now. But even though you've heard me, you have not accepted what I said. He says, if you are unable to believe what I have told you about the natural realm, what will you do when I begin to unveil the heavenly realm? And it's the same too today. When we speak, 
I say this all the time. There's a lot that we don't say yet because men are not in a place. They don't even, the basic thing about believing that we are righteous by faith, they're even struggling to believe that. So how can they believe when you start to tell them the reality of man? How can you start to tell them whom, what God has actually really made us in Christ? Okay. And so notice this, just notice this very carefully. He says, he says now, Jesus now says, no one. Now watch this. He says, if you're unable to believe what I've told you about the natural realm, what will you do when I begin to unveil the heavenly realm? Now, here's where, where I will stop. Jesus says, no one has risen into the heavenly realm. Notice what Jesus says. No one, no one has risen into the heavenly realm except the son of man who also exists in heaven. Let's look at the footnote. I want to explain that. Jesus shared a mystery with Nicodemus. Don't forget, whoever Jesus was or is, is who we are. When Jesus was speaking to Nicodemus, he was telling him that, I am, don't forget, Nicodemus was looking at him face to face, but he was also telling Nicodemus that he was in heaven. I'm sure that must have even confused the man more. How can you be here and also be in heaven at the same time? Now, this is what the footnote says. John chapter 3 verse 13. I'm reading the footnote from the TPT. Jesus shared a mystery with Nicodemus. While he was on the earth ministering, Jesus was also in heaven in the spirit realm. Being in two places at the same time is also the privilege given to every believer. Let me read that one more time. Don't forget whoever Jesus was, he is and is to come is who we are. He says Jesus being both in heaven and on earth at the same time is the same privilege given to every believer. Right now, we are seated in the spirit realm, in the heavenly realm with Christ Jesus, even though I am sitting down here physically talking to you. The challenge we are trying to get everybody to believe and to live is that you and I are supposed to live from that realm of heaven where we are seated with Christ, not from the earthly realm. We don't make our choices and live our lives because of what we see here physically, but our life ought to be driven from the realm of heavens where we are seated in Christ Jesus, in the place of power, in the place of authority, authority far above every principality, every power there is. Remember I told you the people of old saw something in the future. They lived in the reality. Now you and I are in that heavenly reality seated already with christ even though we are here physically so heaven at last heaven at last can become heaven now heaven now heaven now praise god because we are already seated in him now this translation went on to say we are at the same time seated with Christ in the heavenly realm but also living our life on earth to please him this is what it means to be in Christ, he says. And of course, you can read that. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6 tells us we are in Christ. Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 
to 5 tells us we're in Christ. Ephesians chapter 2 verses and Colossians chapter 3 verses 1 to 5. In the realm of the spirit, heaven and earth are one. Jesus was telling Nicodemus that only those who are seated in the heavenly realm will understand spiritual truth. Does it make sense to you? If you're explaining to a man who is not seated, who does not see himself seated in Christ, he's the man who will argue about the things you say here. Because he doesn't understand. Right? He doesn't understand. How can he understand? For you to understand, you have to see yourself seated in Christ. That's when we say, no, you are perfectly righteous because you are seated in Christ. But the man who is judging from the earth, these things are difficult for them to understand. Most Greek, Greek manuscripts read, the son of man who came from heaven, but the Aramic is clearly who is in heaven. And these statements are very important. So that means as Jesus was on earth walking around, ministering, he was also in heaven at the same time. Does that make sense to you that in the realm of the spirit, they are in the same place and they are in a man? That is why when Jesus will face earthly challenges, for example, standing before 5,000 men to feed them with two fishes and five loaves of bread, guess what he did? He lifted up his eyes and he looked into the realm of heaven where he dwells. And suddenly the supernatural force of heaven multiplied the fish. Don't forget the things in the realm of the spirit always rules over the physical beloved you and i don't forget how we got here we're talking about changing don't forget changing circumstances that's how we got here changing earthly circumstances we can change earthly, earthly circumstances by drawing the influence of the realm of the spirit where we are the realm of heaven and where is that heaven is it up in the sky is that heaven up in the sky no that heaven is resident inside you and i so when we go back to start to live by the spirit of god in us we are living in that heaven we are living in the reality of that heaven praise god amen and amen i will stop here and of course by the grace of god come back to you again tomorrow as we continue to unveil this truth don't forget this is the word that washes you clean and purifies you and gives you the brand new spirit and with that spirit nothing shall be impossible for you don't forget to help me share the message if you are new you don't understand all this you have a question please 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 send me a message and i'll be glad to explain to you don't forget that this morning you have been served shalom <music>